This episode is brought to you by Summer School Electronics. With pedals like the Snow Day Delay, the Pep Rally Fuzz, the Trash Panda, and my personal favorite, the Science Fair, which is two classic dirt pedals in one with a mid-boosted overdrive on one side, a black lab rat circuit on the other, and a blend knob to blend between them to find the perfect classic stacked dirt sound you're looking for, it's hard not to find something you'll love. Mark builds all of his pedals by hand in Syracuse, New York, where he also works as a full-time educator. In addition to the super fun graphics on their pedals, Mark also offers custom artwork. Want your dog's face on a pedal? He can do it. Want your face on a pedal? He can make that happen too. Go over to summerschoolelectronics.com and make sure to tell them that 40 Watt Podcast sent you. Ladies and gentlemen, 40 Waters, welcome to another episode of the 40 Watt Podcast. I'm so glad you've come back to join us. Uh, this week's going to be a fun one. I can already tell by the beginning conversation before I hit record. We actually had to stop ourselves three times before we just started talking about things. And I'm like, oh, shit, that's going to be good podcast material. So we're going to stop here and we're going to hit record. So I'm going to do this quickly and go through the intro as fast as I can. Uh, not that I don't want to call out every single one of my Patreon supporters because I'm going to, especially I got a couple of new names this week that's super exciting. I'm always thankful anytime somebody wants to bring a little support to this podcast for one month, two months. Uh, I've got a couple of people who have been on board for three years now. They've been on board since I started. Um, I don't know why, but thank you. But I uh, do want to mention a couple of things. There are some links down below. You will find links for a uh, discount code for TrueFire to get some lessons because you all all need lessons more than you need new gear. Yeah, I said it. Um, there's also links down there for uh, Reverb. It's an affiliate link. There's a link for StringJoy Strings. Uh, if I remember to put it in this week, I talked about it last week and I forgot. Um, and there's also a link down there for Tour Gear Design Patch Cables, which I'm about to place like a $200 patch cable order. Thankfully, with my code, I get 10% off. And if you're a Patreon supporter, remember you can get 20% off. You just have to uh, email them and they'll email me to confirm you're an active Patreon supporter. So, Patreon, speaking of Patreon, I need to thank some people. So, the list is getting long. At some point, I'm going to start singing it like Joe over at the Guitar Nerds did for a while. But in Actually, it is a very specific order. I just won't say it. Thank you very much to new Patreon supporters, Benjamin Rodway, Jamie Evans, and returning Patreon supporters, Hendry Klubikowski, Brian May, not that Brian May, Heinrich Nordvang of Nordvang Custom Pedals, Tony DeGraw, Steve Rao of 60 Cycle Hum, Andrew Bimson, Julie McFarling of Labland Photography, Abe Matthews, Jordan Galash, Duncan Watson, Andy Johns, Dave Evangelista of the Guitar Nerds Podcast, Blake Jefferson, Nick Call, Andrew Hensley, Alan Gresham, Dan Pilver of Lewitt Audio, uh, Andy Koenig, Scott Hamilton of the Effects Loop Podcast, Jim Burns, Tom Kelly, Heath Bat, Ben Fair of Electromotive Sound Pedals, Rick Calhoun of Honey Picks, Jeffrey Walks, and Kyle Harris, thank you very much for your support and keeping the show on the rails because I do my very best to derail it every week. Speaking of derailing, this week I have Mark from Summer School. Is it effects or pedals? Electronics. Electronics. Look, I my original words were all wrong. 
Um, it's fine. Titles. All my listeners know I don't. My my ADHD doesn't let me remember things anyway. It's all good. So, Mark, how are you? I'm wonderful. I mean, I'm at the end of a school week, so it's Friday. So when we're recording, so it's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it's it's interesting because we were talking about that. I'm having a day. Like <laughs> we had to postpone recording for for another an extra hour because I've had things going on today. Thought my house was going to blow up. Um, literally, y'all. I'm I'm not kidding. Uh, we had like a gas thing. Anyway, it's not a problem. House is still here. We're good. It's all checked out. Um, all the gear so is I've still had a there. Day. Right? Yeah, yeah. Good. Everything's still here. Right. Thankfully. Uh, and after we're done recording, I'm going to do my best to, to destroy a bottle of bourbon because <laughs> my nerves. No, I'm just kidding. I don't, you know, I don't recommend using alcohol to treat your anxiety. Um, but I was telling Mark, I almost told you before we started this episode, I used to be the assistant manager at a blues bar, okay. right? And for years. And I was also the audio engineer and the number one drinking profession that came in the bar was always educators. It was always teachers. I have had, like when I started working at the school I'm at now, uh, quickly, as soon as they learned, like, oh, you're in a band? And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, where are you playing? I'm like, oh, we're playing whatever bar on this, like, Friday, whatever. Like, they packed it that whole first night. <laughs> and I was like, awesome. oh, they're like, yeah, we should do this again. I'm like, all right, cool. Like, like some of those people, I mean, it, you know. People have lives and kids and stuff. I was like, when they have the night where everything lines up, they're like, we're here to party. I'm like, all right, cool. Yeah. So yeah, we, it's always fun when we have the teachers come out for, for certain shows. Yeah, no, it was it was fun. I remember I've told this story. I was working at the bar, and it was a night that I was off, right? But I'm still at the bar because, you know, it's small yeah. town. What else am I going to do? It, the only difference between a night I'm working and a night I'm not uh, is that I'm drinking on the nights I'm not. Yeah. Um uh, I still end up washing dishes somehow inexplicably. <laughs> um, but I was, I was drinking, hanging out with this, this group and like, had, you know, how you make your bar friends, yeah. like on a, on a night, maybe you went by yourself and you, you find a f- group of friends and I'm like hanging out with these folks and I find out they're all teachers, including one of them is the principal of the school. <laughs> they work at like totally blowing off steam and they're like my age. And I'm like, you're like, I don't get it. Uh, that was the that was when the illusion of teachers really broke for me. Yeah. Like it finally shattered that whole. I went to Catholic elementary school, so it it really shattered some things for me. It's funny, like not that I, not that I thought Sister Marguerite or or uh, <laughs> Sister Mary were out on drinking on the weekends. Yeah, but. right. No, it's funny. Like, I I never thought I would be a teacher, and I was like teaching guitar and drum lessons and stuff, you know. And one of the guys I was teaching, or I was teaching him drums. He was uh, like a third grade teacher. And he was like, you should come. He's like, you should be a teacher. I'm like, I'm not going to do that. I'm like, I never want to do that. And he's like, come hang out in my room for a day. It's great. You get summers off. You can like go on tour and do what you got to do. Like, come do it. And I went to his room and he taught third grade. And he's like, yeah. He's like, I do math for a while. The kids get bored of math. I get bored of math. All right, now we're going to read. We read a story. They get bored. I get bored. Now we do science. I'm like, oh, I could do that. <laughs> and I was like, oh, and that's, you know fell into that profession so 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 do you, do you teach elementary school uh so that... i teach uh math ais and special ed so what that okay. means is academic intervention services so i have second grade through eighth grade all your kids that don't like math and aren't great at math come see me for more math so oh you're real popular oh yeah i'm like well you know what i have kids showing up to my room with smiles on their face so i think that's a pretty good achievement 
the fact that I can get that. So I'm like, it's more confidence than it is. I'm like, we can, we can get you confident. We can, we can go from there. So. No, that is significant. But I feel like that leads us directly into, uh, I think we can all speculate on where the name of your pedal company came from. <laughs> yeah. Uh, although I do have to, so I saw uh, Nick from one of the did a Instagram <laughs> yeah. reel and he's roasting pedal companies and it's like the most polite roast yeah. ever. I, I love, I love Nick. And uh, he roasted you and said, uh, you named your pedal company. Let's see what he said. Literally the worst thing I can imagine. <laughs> like the nightmare for every school age child, summer school electronics. Well, so, I mean, the whole name of it was, uh, well, so, I mean, even before that, I started building pedals uh, during COVID. So it was like, I was teaching and then when summer hit and I was like, well, there's no gigs and I don't have to teach yeah. out. So I need something to do all day. And I'm like, I could start buying like Lego kits on eBay, but my wife's going to be like, why are there so many Legos in the house? <laughs> like, that's, so I was like, ah, I'll buy like a BYOC pedal kit. And so I started building, building clones. And then I was eventually like, I, I want to make a pedal with my dog on it. So I'm like, I'm going to try this. And I was like, I need a name for whatever I'm going to call this thing. And I couldn't think of anything. And it was getting to the end of the school year. And so when it gets there, all the teachers start going around being like, who's teaching summer school? Are you doing summer school? Are you doing summer school? What you? And I was just like, well, I'll probably just build these pedals all summer. That's going to be like my projects. I'm like, I got my own summer school. I got my own thing going on. And the more I thought about it, I was like, well, um, when I was in grad school, they had told us a thing of like, doctors and teachers everyone thinks that they can do your job because everybody went to school and everybody's been sick and i was like oh so if we can't so like by taking this name like everybody has some connection to summer school and like once we started doing the thing with like naming the pedals like the pep rally the science fair the snow day delay like everybody will see like the pep rally and like we all have different memories but we all have some connection to like doing that in school you know what i mean and sure. so I was like, ah, oh, on a marketing level, I think it kind of works. And it totally ties into like, yeah, I'm a teacher. And, this, and I, originally I was like, and I'll just build in the summer. That'll be great. Fast forward like three months. I'm like, I have to build like all the time. <laughs> just like, I'm like, it's like a second full-time job now. Yeah. No, because cause you've got a bunch of offerings now. But uh, touching on the naming thing. That makes sense because you're, you know, one of the things that people want to do with a brand, they want to find a way to connect to people. Yeah. They need to build, uh, whether whether it's you just want to build where they remember who you are. You want to when when I say build, obviously, yeah. listeners, I'm not meaning like physically building. I mean like community building. You're building some support and some connection to whatever it is you you make. You know, we. Uh, someone like Nick at Wonder Effects. I mean, he's. I still think back to the the Wonder Bread <laughs> pedal that he built, and I'm like, or you know, you build something that's going to connect to people. I like what Zach over at Mythos does <laughs> with the whole Greek myth, and not just all Greek myth, but you know, just yeah. those kinds of things. Yours is built in, whether whether it's a positive or a negative myth yeah. <laughs> of summer school, well, or the, the other the, part, the celebration of missing it. I was like, I have a feeling a lot of guitar players probably attended summer school at some point. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, like, I'm pretty sure. No judgments. It's I, I completely get it, and I'm like, I feel like a lot of people are gonna be like, yeah, I get that. <laughs> like, right, yeah. Even if you're not a teacher. I think you'll be like, yeah, yeah I, that's me. I did pretty well in school, and I think it's because I didn't start playing guitar until yeah. I was a senior in high school. <laughs> that's why. <laughs> yeah, right? 
So, because I definitely was trash in my first few years of college. I mean, I've <laughs> I, y- listeners. I'm not ashamed to tell you because I tell anybody who wants to talk about. It, I flunked out of college twice. I, I mean, I came pretty close when I started. Like, I, I thought I was going to go for engineering, and I'm like, nope, that didn't work. And then uh, I switched to music, and then later went back for teaching. So, like, the fact that now I can like build pedals. I was like, I made it. I, I took the, the scenic route, but I didn't get that engineering degree. But it's like pretend engineer. I figured it out. Yeah, it's okay. Mike, micro engineering. It's like it's yeah. I, I played it. I played yeah, a nope. gig in the town where I went to college, and I was like, all these people are listening to my pedals right now. That that checks some box somehow. I did it. It makes me feel good. Yeah. No, th- that sounds like success to me. Yeah, I'm just saying. It. I I originally went into um, uh, college thinking I would go into computer science of some kind, right? right? We're talking, we're talking 1999, mm-hmm. um, computer science in 1999. Y'all, we didn't have 64 bit processors <laughs> available to the public in 1999. Uh, so just, just, we're putting that in perspective. D- dial up at my I... university was, or, or internet at my university was still dial up. They gave you a phone number to dial in to access the school's internet. I remember we had dial up at home, but at school we had just, they had just gotten like broadband. So the first time I like opened internet Explorer in college, I'm like, this is amazing. <laughs> then I'd go home and be like, this sucks. <laughs> right. Yeah. But the most I've ever done with that degree at this point is uh build gaming computers. Hey. That's, that's, that's what I did. That's great though. So. Uh, but I, you know, I changed majors so many times y'all. I, I took the truly scenic route. Like, there's the scenic route, and then there's, can I actually get lost? Is that possible? Let's find out. I feel like that's an, I don't know. I know this is a gear podcast, and we're talking education, but I feel like that's a very oh, important it's life. thing. It's a life podcast. I feel like that's super important. Like, you should try different things that you are somewhat interested in. And, like, I remember taking, like, an engineering class, and they're showing, like, all the classes you take like later like in the sequence and there was a thing at the end and it said like technical elective or something like oh an elective I'm like i could take like a music theory class or something that i would be interested in They're like oh no it's a technical elective so you could like build a boat out of cement and see how that works i'm like <laughs> cool that'll be real fun like maybe this isn't for me and like yeah i'm like i have some other interests that i think would be neat but all right We'll be right back. This podcast is supported in part by String Joy Strings. I'm a snob. At least that's what people tell me. I'm never okay with good enough. And that's where String Joy Strings come in. They're better than good enough. They're the best. String Joy are making some of the finest strings available today right up the road from me in Nashville, Tennessee. They offer custom sets, balanced tension, coated strings, the works. If you need it, they can probably make it happen. You should be using Stringjoy Strings, and if you're going to order from them, you really could help this podcast out by clicking the affiliate link down in the description or show notes below. You get amazing strings, I get a little bit of that back to help the show keep going. It's a win-win situation. Get your Stringjoy Strings today. It's it's like those classes where they just call it special project. Yeah. And like there's there's and then it's like, oh, no, you can do whatever you want. You're like, oh, I could do. No. Well, no, it's whatever you want as approved by well, a professor or your dean or whatever. And then I took that we had like a uh, like a MIDI lab class and they had uh, you were using like an early version of sonar it was like the 
the DAW to use for, and I was like, yeah, you just like meet the first class and we give you a bunch of projects to do. And you just got to have those done by like the last class to just have it done. So you, you would go and I'm like, I'm just making my band's album here, like using this to like record everything. I'm like, this is great. So I was like, all right, here's my final project. Oh, and they're like, oh, that's awesome. Oh, hey, fine. There you go. I'm like, cool. I, I took art in college. I took art 101. There was a time in my life where I was really into painting uh, and and sketching. I had a great art teacher in middle school, but he passed, and I sort of lost interest mm. after he wasn't my instructor anymore. One of those yeah. kinds of teachers. But so I was like, oh well, I need I need a fine art of some kind, and so art appreciation. I didn't want to take music appreciation because I'd seen the textbook, and I was like, I'm not going to learn anything yeah, right. in this class. Um, there's a, there was also a class it was offered later after I'd gone back to school. Cause I did, I flunked out and worked for a while, went back to school as a music major, finally, well, music and audio engineering. And there was a course that, um, called history of rock and roll. And I was like, I'm going to take that. And I talked to the professor and she said, no, you're not. <laughs> Cause she was like, that is a waste of your time. Yeah, you, you know, you know this, I was, right? I, I, I took that like as a point of pride, but also like, I really wanted that easy. Yeah, it <laughs> Real bad. Really do me a favor right now. Right. That's funny. So, um, but, but I took art and I had flunked art the first time I went to college. It was not because it was hard, but it was because it was, I flunked out the first time because I was a, I was a bad student hey, in high school because things came easy. Yeah. yeah, I wasn't ready. Things came easy, and I skipped a lot of classes in college, and it turns out those count against they, you. They uh, get you. Yeah, and so they, they cut me out. I didn't actually fail. Yeah. I got cut out of all my classes, and one of them was art. So I had to retake Art 101, and thankfully my new professor, he was very much that, here's the list of projects we're going to finish over the course of the semester. You've just got to get these done. Yeah, that's the best. And if that meant you come to class and work on them, awesome. If that means you come to him and ask for specific instructions on a thing you want to do for, a, a you know, whatever, that's what you do. As long as you turn them in and you got the concepts. I love those kinds of classes. Well, that's, I mean, that's one of the perks of what I do at school is that it's just like when you have the, the kids who like the math textbook doesn't work for them. So like yeah. I have, a, it's, I mean, my just from the position administration stuff, they're very like free with what I get to do to like help the kids out. Cause it is so many things where it's like, yeah, you learned this. I'm like, it, we can hammer this all day. It's not going to work. I'm like, so let's come up with a totally yeah. different thing. And you, this works for you. You do that the rest of your life. That's that works for you. Go for it. You know what I mean? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. I think that more schools need to like do that, you know? Because it turns out that's how the real world works. Yeah. Well, it's, and it's, I, I, t I tell the kids, they're just like, math sucks. I'm like, sure does. And they're like, <laughs> and they're like, it's really hard. I'm like, oh, totally. Yes, it very much is. And they're like, wait a minute. I'm like, I failed a lot of classes. Like, I, all the pain that you have, like, yeah, I did that, man. So I, I know what you're going through. So let's use that to build something here. Let's go. And I'm like, I think that's a skill that, like, people who go into certain fields that they've always been good at, don't know what it's like to struggle and yeah. there are plenty of times where kids like try something and they're like i totally bombed this i'm like well you should you've never done it before like it would be terrifying if you were amazing at it right out of the gate like that's like yeah playing music like your first guitar lesson you're like my fingers hurt 
and it my guitar sounds like crap. I'm like, yeah. What did you think? Like that's my hands don't want to make this chord. They shouldn't. Well, yeah, <laughs> they shouldn't. Do they that. shouldn't. <laughs> this isn't natural. You're a human being. <laughs> Those don't. They're not meant to go that way. You have to make that happen. I'm I'm reminded of the meme that passes around again every so often, and it's the meme that says. I didn't know I was expected to have this down by my second rodeo. That feels like a very low number of rodeos. <laughs> yeah, that, I love that. That's great. That's, yeah, yeah, that's completely like, right. You're, you're going to suck at something for a while. And, and you know, I'm one of those people, and I know a lot of people are. They don't like being awful at something, and so they have a hard time learning new skills because they feel bad at it at first. Yeah. You're supposed to. And to bring it actually around a gear um similarly it's this i've been in this very slow work in progress learning to read schematics learning to identify components not that i want to do what you lunatics do and start a pedal <laughs> company because you are you're all lunatics yeah. um yeah it's it doesn't make any sense i just got through talking uh with uh Haley from uh, rocket music gear uh she doesn't make pedals she's still a lunatic just starting a company <laughs> and doing what she's doing all of you lunatics, but you're going to be bad at it. You got to do it a bunch yeah. before you're any good at it. And I, I think that's really important. Uh, my wife is worse than me and she won't listen to this. So that's okay. I, <laughs> I know I can say this. It's I, I say this to her too, though. She picked up guitar one day and, and I literally showed her a few chords and within a half hour, she's playing a song I'd be and I'm like, furious. <laughs> I hate you so much right now. But then she she has literally not touched a guitar again since that day. And the thing was, she was upset she wasn't better at it to start. <laughs> I was like, that's not the normal journey that we go on. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the same thing happened. I had an electronic drum kit and she was like, oh, you know, I'll try to learn to play drums. Uh, and she didn't quite catch on as quickly with drums as she did guitar, yeah. because that's totally not natural. Um, and so she she just like, ah. Nah. And she, what it really was, she didn't like that she wasn't instantly good. Yeah, at I get that. Well, yeah, it's it, no, it totally is. I like so I played drums before I played guitar. Like that was okay. my whole like intro to music and all that. And like I remember, I had like a concert. Like I had taken a few lessons at school, and then I went to the junior high, and they were like, "Well, you're just part of a concert band now. Go play in the drums." So it's like you're in a new school with all these kids. And you're like playing, and you don't totally know how to read music. And they're like, you're playing this now, go play. And I remember like just being terrible. I didn't know like what's cut time. I didn't know like what that actually meant. And then like just getting like berated by the conductor teacher of the class. I'm like, okay. And I remember going home like so mad to like, I had, I had a drum kit, but I didn't really know like, it was like a birthday present. Like I didn't totally know how to really play yet and it was like hitting stuff and so i'm like doo, da, doo, doo, da. i'm like oh my god just like this anger just led to just like i can play drums now i figured it out and it was just like <laughs> i can play nirvana songs oh my god and it was just like this oh this door just opened but it was like suck 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 and then you're like oh, i just figured it out that why did it take so long i, I got this now yeah, it it's always and it's always some weird click yeah. that something clicked all of a sudden. And no, you weren't instantly the best drummer yeah. or best guitarist or whatever, but it was that click for your brain to go, "Oh, 
I, I see it this took way. this thing that I was terrible at, and I just did something that actually came across as musical. Yeah. And you're and it that that there's nothing. I've been chasing that endorphin hit totally the rest of my entire life. It's- I I remember it for me. I remember my exact moment. Um. I am a massive Garth Brooks fan. I have no shame in saying it. I I, I was a 90s kid, 90s country music, loved Garth Brooks. And there's a song, I don't remember what record, and that surprises none of my listeners. Um, but there's a song called The Night I Called the Old Man Out. And it's, it's this very like come of age song about a, a teenage kid who basically finally stood up to his dad mm-hmm. and like did the whole like man up to his dad thing. And his, his it's, it's basically child abuse. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's a song about <laughs> child abuse. Let's be really honest. He was a teenager and his, his dad knocked it's him insane. down. Uh, but there's this intro riff. No, no, no. That's, um, that's a different one. Uh, it's, uh, I can still play it, but I can't like sing it right well, now. I, but post. I remember learning that lick and like the first time I actually played it mm-hmm. and I was like, that's it. That's what it's supposed to sound like. And I had this like whole moment of like, I'm a guitar player. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have a title now. I can do this. Right. Yeah. It's right, exactly. It's so. wild, man. That like, there's like those, those little things like that. Or like, I remember the, my first band when we like tried out for a talent show and we didn't get in, but just playing at the tryout was like, or like some battle of the bands or something, but just, I remember leaving just the tryout, like we played in front of people. And it's like, you look like you just did like every drug that you could ever take. So you're just like on cloud nine and you're like, we just did it. We played music and it sounded like music and people heard music and they treated it like music, but it was us. And you're like, yeah, it's the weirdest thing. It's the coolest moment. Yeah. It's the coolest moment. And like I, the next like big moment for me after that <clears throat> was, uh, because you remember these moments. You, oh, totally. You, like you just did. Like you remember that town. You didn't even get I in. Know. <laughs> but you you just remember I, that moment. I can't even imagine how horrible we actually sounded. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure they're like, it wasn't music. That wasn't but like in our brain, I, it sounded okay. You, you were rock stars. Yeah. You're in that moment. For those three minutes. Because you you did it. Yeah, for three <laughs> yeah. minutes. Uh, for me, it was I was a buddy of mine's band was playing a, a bar in my hometown. And I had gone just to hang out and he invited me to sit in and sing and play guitar for a song. And I had not really done that as like, I'd played in bands, like as a backup and second guitar, mostly fill in stuff, but I'd not sang and been like the front person like that, like in this scenario. And I I remember we played uh, Johnny be good, good old Chuck Berry Mm -hmm. tune. And, uh, and people danced and had a great time. And there was a moment in my brain, people are actually dancing to music I'm making. And there was like this brain explosion yeah. of this is the coolest shit I have ever experienced in my entire life. It's always a weird thing when I talk to musicians who are like, they play a gig and they're like, you know, how, how'd the gig go? And they're like, oh, it's terrible. Like audience wasn't into it. They weren't dancing. And I'm like, that's your job. Like your job is to make them dance. If you go and they're not dancing, you're not working hard enough. Like we've done tons of gigs where it's like, they're just having their dreams. I'm like, all right, well, if we start having fun and do our jobs, we get the room dancing. And I, I was thinking that's weird. But yeah, cause that is like the coolest thing when you do that, especially if like the gig starts and everyone's just like wallflowers. 
and then they start dancing. You're like, yes, this is a good gig. It, and that's where, and, and I, I know guitarists are particularly idealists mm-hmm. and they're they're We, we love to be snooty about things like cover gigs, uh, the stupid guitar tricks you do as, as a showman. And they're so dumb. Oh, yeah. There's so many dumb things. And I, I used to have my own like bag of tricks, uh, as a, as a, so as a blues musician, uh, shows can be a little bawdier than the average like rock cover band sure. gig. You know what I mean? Blues is a very, uh, y'all, it's all innuendo. Yeah. It's literally all innuendo. And you have to play into it. And and you learn those tricks and you do those things and it becomes a showmanship. And it becomes a little corny. Yeah. It does. But at the same time, you're there to entertain people, and that entertains people. You're not there to impress the guitarist in the back of the room with his arms folded across his chest. Uh, incidentally, just as a weird moment, I uh, I was at a oh, I'm a librarian, public librarian. I I was at a conference last week, and I was doing this big like four and a half hour uh pre conference that I was presenting at, and uh. I was doing it, and, and part of it was I was talking about body language. I, I was talking about customer service and how to be more approachable and how to provide better customer service. And I always talk about the whole folding the arms thing in front of you. And there was a guy in the back of the room standing up. There's about, I don't know, there's about 70, 80 people in this room, right? And there were plenty of chairs, but people get up and need to move a little bit. He's standing in the back of the room with his arms crossed. And I, I pointed him out. I was, I'm going to use you <laughs> as an example if you're illustrating my point. Yeah. Uh and I said, and you don't want to be like, and I mentioned this stereotype. I said, you don't want to be like this guy in the back of the room that is demonstrating the average guitar player when he goes see a yeah. cover band standing in the back of the room with his arms crossed, judging the guitar player. And that's when he said, I'm actually a guitar yeah. player. I said, point proven. Yeah. Point proven. Pick them out anywhere. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I I know my people. Yeah. Well, it, so, there was a, like, we have a thing around here. It's just like a local area. Um, music awards every year like everyone puts out you know i'm sure a lot of towns have those things and so they have a couple bands play and like i've attended a couple times and i've talked to people who are like man our band should totally play there i'm like why the entire audience is other musicians in town you think that's a good audience to play for like you're gonna play your guitar solo and the entire first 10 rows are like i could do that I'm like, why do you, why do you want that gig? That sounds like sounds like a miserable gig to play. It it could be either the most supportive gig you've ever played, or the yeah. most judged yeah. gig you've ever played. Like, nobody's dancing; they're just sitting there. Like, uh, I mean, it's because musicians don't dance. Yeah. We're on stage for a reason. We're busy. Yeah, totally. It's so funny. Yeah, uh, I so I'm not a person who's ever had stage fright. Like, stage fright's not a thing to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've never, I've never been, um, wary of talking in front of people. I'm, you know, it's, 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 it's a disease actually. It's far too much confidence for any one person. Um, and it's not that I think I'm that good. It's just that somebody has got to do it. I'll stand up and talk if, you know, whatever, or I'll, I'll, you know, I'll be in this play or I'll do this play in these bands or do whatever. Never had the butterflies in my stomach feeling. Mm -hmm. Until I got to college and was a music major. And so there's not a lot of guitar. The the school I went to didn't have a lot of ensembles Mm -hmm. with guitar. So basically I played in the same three groups every semester and sang in choir, right? Because I need these credits Mm -hmm. to to graduate. 
and jazz band. So I'm the guitar player for the jazz band. I have never been more nervous than the first time I had to take an improvised solo at a, the jazz band like recital in front of the entire music department. <laughs> Like all the students, all the professors. I was like, oh, this is what that feels like. Yeah. (laughs) This is what everyone's talking about. Terrified. Yeah. Yeah. It was was wild. So, yeah, I get it. I I could not stand up in a room full of nothing but my region or my town's other musicians and not be completely self conscious. It's weird. So, like, I I play in a couple bands, Um, having an original band. Uh, called Bridge Under Fire. It's like a post-hardcore punk rock, shouty, loud, raucous band. And that's just all our originals, and I sing and play guitar there. And then I also play in a all-90s cover band called My So-Called Band. And we've, I love we it do already. everything from Spice Girls to Rage Against the Machine and all that. And over the years, it's weird how like my brain affects the two of them. Like... Mm-hmm. before the the cover band goes to play it's like all right another day at the office let's go uh play some gin blossoms into some harvey danger and then we're gonna play some backstreet boys or but then like the original band and it's like all right you go on and you hit that momentary like these are my thoughts people this is like my thing and it's like it's really the same job but like it just hits you or me it just hits me so different of like I'll go play that thing that I've been playing since I was 16 versus like, here's something that has like real feelings in it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Cause that's the other thing is like when you're doing a cover band, if somebody comes up to you, for example, I do, I play in blues bands, jazz bands and soul bands. And I've done all that kind of stuff over the years and a bunch of other stuff. Listeners have heard me read off the list of things, projects I've worked with. Um, but like I recently I was playing a blues gig and someone said they were talking about songs. They hate when bands play. I've got my list. Yeah. <laughs> right. And uh, this uh, she's a she's actually a disc jockey for a blues station in uh, Arkansas, uh, really into the blues scene. And we were chatting and, and I've, I've known her a while and love her to death. But she said, you know what song I really hate when bands play? Uh, and she said, uh, summertime. She said, I hate it. <laughs> And I play Summertime. I do. And I like playing that song. But you know what it didn't do? It didn't hurt my feelings. No. You want to know why? That's somebody yeah. else's song. It's not my song. She didn't, she didn't tell me she hates my song. What's well, the, the, the old joke when people are like, after cover gigs, they're like, you guys are my favorite band. Like, you should probably like better bands. <laughs> like, there's... There's better bands that you should be liking more than us. So right, right. Let me. You know, you should probably like the yeah, band like, whose songs we just cut. I know what you're saying, and I appreciate it, but we don't need that. <laughs> our, right. our running joke for like ten years, we're like, oh man, best job I've ever had, worst band I've ever been in. All right, I get it. Like, <laughs> it, it's like uh, we used to do a cover uh, a cover band, and we we didn't stick to a a decade, although. A 90s cover band has been on my brain lately, like really wanting to dive in because I think that's just me wanting to revisit my youth. Well, Let's be honest. That's all that is. It, it, it um, totally is. And like, yeah, we had we, so our, when we got the whole idea together like 10 years ago and we were doing it, it was like, OK, we'll do that because like all of our friends are still going to bars and they're getting like, that's where you can. That's the gig. Let's do it. And if we stick to that. 
then we don't got, we don't have to play Skinnerd when someone wants to hear it. If someone is like, play right. some ACDC, we're like, eh, the 90s stuff? That's what you want to hear? And they're like, no, yeah, I'm like, yeah. yeah, me neither. So let's do, we're going to play what we want. We'll play Foo Fighters. How about yep. that? And like, <laughs> you, you kind of go through and do that. But it just, and it was like, the other, we're just like, hey, I had the greatest decade of the last 30 years. Because we're like, once it gets like the 2000s and like streaming came up, everybody's taste is so individually tailored that like you could name the top 40 right now and i'm like i probably haven't heard any of those songs because i have no idea my playlist is all my what i want to hear you know what i mean i live in starfall mississippi right i live down down here middle of nowhere mississippi but we have a major university here mississippi state university is here and um i we recently just to illustrate this point um we just found out that so we do this big concert event um it no this is not what i'm looking for i'm trying to pull up the name this is how bad i don't know oh there it is okay um so i don't know top hits i in fact as a librarian i couldn't tell you what's on the bestseller list i have no idea i have no clue um uh, my guess is if James Patterson or John Grisham put out a book this year, they're on it. That's that'd be my best I could do. Probably doing pretty good. Um, yeah, probably. But like they announce, they they do this big thing called Bulldog Bash, and it puts like I don't know how many people. They do it downtown on Main Street, and it literally fills the street like building to building for like five blocks, mm. like. 10,000, 12,000 people in the street. Um, and it's it big, big concert. Yeah. And so this year they announced that they have Jason Derulo. And somebody told me that. And I was like, that's awesome. Who is yeah. that? <laughs> and they're like, you don't know. I'm like, no, I don't know. <laughs> it's like, how do you? And then their response, I love this response. Just to give you listeners, I need you to understand where the current state of music is. Right. If you don't know who Jason Derulo is, I'm going to tell you the same thing they told me. How do you get on TikTok and have not heard Jason Derulo? <laughs> yeah. It- well, one, I really don't get on TikTok anymore. It's fine. Okay. Uh, but I when they played me some of the songs, I was like, oh, yeah, I have heard that. I've heard that. I didn't know his name to which they responded. He says his name in every one of his songs. It's like, <laughs> Yeah. But I've heard the thirty second yeah, clip heard the, the commercial. on TikTok. Yeah. yeah. And so I don't I don't know who that is. I'm looking at the list now and I don't I don't know who the other support acts are either. Yeah. So that doesn't surprise it's, me whatsoever. It's weird. And that's just a whole thing I think with just music now. Everything can be so tailored to your own taste that yeah. it's like, oh, okay. And I mean, even like with pedal stuff, when I have like prototypes that I'm like trying out that I'm like this thing sounds awesome. And then a buddy's like, can I try it? I'm like, oh yeah, here's try our whatever drive. And they're like, Mm-mm. and I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> it sounds great for punk rock. And they're like, yeah, but for country, it sucks. I'm like, who plays country? <laughs> they're like, well, clearly not you. I'm like, yeah, no. So like getting, yeah, it, getting out, like you've got to f- find like different people's tastes for different things. Yeah. And, uh, that's why there's 11 billion three knob overtones. Totally. Yeah. 11 billion. Well, mine has and six. there's like <laughs> <laughs> You you got a couple of three knob yeah, overdrives too. There's a couple on in there. Website. Yeah, there's a couple. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, well, that's the thing is, um, and I, listeners, I'm so sorry. Y'all have to listen to my story several times. Mark has never heard this story unless he's listened to the episodes that I said it a million times. But it's like when I had uh, Mike from uh, uh, Native Audio um, on here, and he talked about the fact that it, his pedals are incredible. He does these this really sophisticated, uh, these digital delays and reverbs and stuff like that. And that's what, what he had. He didn't have an overdrive pedal at all in his lineup. And so he had these really sophisticated with presets and still in a single enclosure size. And was, they're awesome. And then he finally caved and did a three knob overdrive and it immediately outsold everything else he's made. <laughs> it's, it's funny how like, I mean, without getting like, you know, in the weeds builder wise, like everybody starts with overdrives just because it's, they're not a very comp, but a very complex circuit. Like, it's yeah. very easy to take a guitar signal and make it sound like a shitty guitar signal. Like that's <laughs> that's what overdrive is. You're just taking the signal and yeah. you're making it like compressed and crunchy. Like, yeah. How can how can I make this sound bad in the best way? Yeah. And you know, it's a sort of like how do you know if your strobe light's bad? I don't know. It flickers. Well, that's what it's supposed to do. So <laughs> it just stays <laughs> you're on. You're that's like, well, one or the other, that. yeah. Um, so like but they're very simple to start out with. And you and you think like oh well, then I'm gonna make a delay and a chorus and go all this crazy stuff and it's like but people still buy overdrives and they want to yeah. have a hundred of them like I'm thinking like how many like different variants of just a hard clipping overdrive do I have like downstairs on my shelf and I'm like I lose count pretty quick like or even just delay pedals like I have so many delay pedals that I'm like. You know they all kind of just do the same thing to a point, right? They really do. They, I was just counting real quick while we we're sitting here because we had this conversation before we started recording about what my desk is a wreck right now. There are six overdrives yeah. on my desk currently. Three of them are dual stage yeah. overdrives, and I love them all equally. <laughs> yeah, no, I absolutely love them all equally. Um, but it's like. How many overdrives do you really need? Listeners, I know all the jokes, all N plus one, <laughs> all that, all of them. That is that is the correct answer. Um, it's a lot like pizza. Once you've had one, you want to have them all. Well, it's funny. Um, when I talked to, um, so we went, we did NAM this past year, and we were, did the, the stomp box exhibit. So it was like 20 oh, yeah. builders all in this tiny little footprint. And uh, Paolo is the guy who organized and set up the whole thing. And I was talking to him and saying, like, oh, thanks for having us. And like, you know, it's so cool that like everybody in this pedal world is so nice and so cool to each other. And like, you you would think in any other business that it would just be like, "What are you doing, stepping on my toes?" Like, how dare you make a right. green overdrive? But like, everybody is just like so nice to each other. And he's like, "We're like baseball cards. You don't want one baseball card. You want all the baseball cards." And I'm like, "Yes, this makes sense to me now. I totally get it." Yeah. That's it, because you're you're not truly in competition with each other. Because if you put out, especially especially if you find the people like me um, <laughs> who have like a favorite circuit or two, and then they buy everyone's version Every of that circuit. Totally. Yep. That's I I had to stop myself getting that way with tone benders. Mm -hmm. Like that was a whole Dude, thing. Once you go down the fuzz rabbit hole, you are just like you are. I've I've always been more of like an overdrive distortion than a fuzz guy, and I'm yeah. very thankful for that because I know that like that would get out of control so fast. 
It does real quick, and it gets expensive real quick because of you know vintage components oh, totally. and That's... stuff they don't make anymore. Worst part is live, like most of my life, most of my gigging life, I've just used overdrives. I don't even use fuzzes live almost ever. Yet I refuse to tell you how many oh, fuzz pedals I own. Even not being a fuzz guy, I like it's probably in double digits how many fuzz pedals I have. And then I'm like, I don't even like them that much. But <laughs> I've gotten them over the years. But that's interesting. And then it's like, well, I should get rid of it. I'm like, well, I might need it one day. I'm not going to get rid of it. Are you crazy? No, it's going to sit on the shelf right. next to the other fuzz pedals. And and that's always been my thing. It's like I play I play blues cover gigs and soul cover gigs and jazz mm-hmm. uh, in college. And it's like, you ever heard BB King play a fuzz <laughs> pedal? No. There's yeah, a reason. Right. So that's not a tone I've needed. But I like it. Uh, I know some people. Exactly. But I love it. Yeah. Um, and, and today, blues is a little different. People, you talk blues now, like to a generation now, and they're instantly like, oh, Gary Clark Jr. Yeah. Which, I mean, great shout. Great, great player. Uh, super nice. The time I met him long before I ever. It was actually when I was still working the bar circuit. Um, but... That's not, and oh, and people think like Black Keys and that kind of like fuzzed out blues. That's not the majority of the blues that's happening in the blues bars. Uh, It's still the Three Kings kind of thing. Albert, Freddie, and BB. So, but I have a ton of fuzz pedals. I plug them all in as often as I possibly can. Um, They're just, their pedals are fun toys. That's, yeah, it's. So, so speaking of fun toys, we've talked so long already, and now let's talk actually about your pedals. So, <laughs> told you, I'm we, a talker, we've established. Oh, it's fine. No, it's great. It makes for great conversations. I can already see some of the messages I'm going to get with people telling us we're insane, uh, and that none of that makes sense, and that they absolutely don't buy seventeen three knob screamer overdrives just to have them. Yeah. You're lying. <laughs> it's fine. Um, so. I'm looking at your lineup. So you just started in 21. Yep. Uh, and you've already got currently on your website. Is it 10 total pedals? Yeah, it's like nine or 10. I think are up there right now. Yeah. 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 And um, that's, it's pretty rad. You're not quite as bad as Jordan over at poison noises <laughs> who managed to like release like 17. Yeah, they did, like first a bunch year. all at once. Yeah. I was like, Jordan, come on. But I, 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 I made the joke about being a lunatic, naming it like this thing that everybody has a negative connotation yeah. for. But I genuinely actually love the whole concept. I, I think the first one I ever saw was the pep, pep rally. Oh, fuzz. okay. Well, and, thank you. And I think it was, Um, I'm trying to remember who had it, maybe was doing a demo of it. I had a couple of And those. told me about it. Yeah. I. It may have been Joan of Heart. I don't, maybe, or maybe it was Emily over at Get Offset. I feel like it was one of them. Um, But maybe I'm wrong. Uh, you, you, there. I've made enough friends that do yeah, demos right. that I don't know who does what anymore. But the thing, and this, is, of course, it's a three nom overdrive. But I, I adore the graphics on yours. Like when I saw the trash panda, <laughs> that's when I was like, oh no, I like what this guy's doing. Like, so, come on. So what's funny? And so like, and like I said, it started where I was like. I just want to pedal with my dog on it. Like we have two black schnauzers named Gus and Gladys. Mm-hmm. We got them over uh, during COVID, like two little rescue dogs. And I was like, that's when I started building pedals. And I was like, I'll never have a signature overdrive. But you know what? Gus deserves a signature overdrive. 
So when I did, I was like, I'll make 12 of them. I'll have one and like 11 will sit on the shelf. And like, maybe if right. somebody comes over, they're like, what's those? I'm like, I don't know. It's a funny story. You want one? They're like, whatever. But like, I put them up like, yeah, pre-order. I'm going to make like a 12. And I'm like, oh, we just got 13 pre-orders. I'm like, oh, <laughs> I guess I have to make more than 12 now. So like, and once I did that, I was like, well, Gladys needs her own signature one too. So I made that one. And then it was like, oh, I think you have a company now. Like you have orders and a website. Like, I think you have to start like doing this. And we weren't on, like, the whole school theme yet. It was, like, I don't know. I just started, like, making stuff that I was, like, we made, like, the Booster Booster because it's impossible to come up with a pun for a boost pedal anymore that isn't already taken. I about to say, that's not taken. So that was, uh, I, yeah, so we did that one, and we are like, but once we hit, and then we did, like, um, the Stone Thrower Fuzz is, like, a local landmark in our, in our um, town where, like, there's an Irish neighborhood called Tipperary Hill. And, like, all the bars are there. We played tons of gigs over there. Like, my parents met at a bar over there. My dad grew up over there. And so there's an upside-down traffic light because uh, in, like, the 1920s, when it was the one traffic light in town, all the Irish kids saw the red on top as, like, England's rule over Ireland. So they kept throwing rocks and breaking the light. And every time the city fixed it, they kept smashing it. So the city was like, if we give you one with green on top, will you stop smashing it? And the kids were like, yeah. So we have the only upside down traffic light in this Irish neighborhood. That's beautiful. And it's like a local, <laughs> so it's like a local landmark where like all the bars have upside down traffic lights in them. There's like, you always see like t-shirts and flags and stuff. So we put out uh, the stone thrower and it's a fuzz pedal. Cause what's more punk rock than smashing traffic signals when you're uh, oh, it's so true. It's a fuzz pedal. So we put it out on St. Patrick's day. And when you click it, all three lights of the traffic light light up. So it's like a local thing. So we did that. But when I started doing shows like pedal shows and NAM and stuff, I was like, I got so tired of telling that story. So we're like, I think I have like two left in stock. And I'm like, we're discontinuing that. And that what would have been version two is the pep rally. So we're like, okay. loud and proud. There we go. It, it ties in. So I get the version two of that other one. Cause I'm sick of explaining. Cause originally I was like, we're just a local thing. And then once it's like, Oh no, you're getting orders from more places from and over. like you're doing shows in New York city where nobody knows why there's a traffic light. So it started to kind of like grow. And then when I wanted to do a delay pedal, I was like, Oh, the snow day delay. Cause I'm a teacher. That's great. And then it, that clicked and it was like, Oh, they should all be like school themes. And yeah, that's where it's, theme. and that's where it's like the trash panda was already rolled up. But we're like, we're kind of, we're retconning that. Uh, there's going to be something next year that involves that ties the trash panda into a school theme, which I'm real excited about. So we're starting, oh, very things cool. are going to start tying, we're going to start like either discontinuing or like tying up loose ends to keep everything on theme. Yeah. Well, I, and that's, that's cool. And so that basically means listeners, if you're listening to this uh, episode, so recently after it's come out, go over to summerschoolelectronics.com and grab the stone thrower or the trash panda while they're available because while the circuit may live on it, it does in the stone thrower at least a little bit yeah. i think the uh you added a, a tone knob yeah, to it the, uh, for the pepper the version two has a tone knob like a tilt eq that you would the kind of tone knob you'd find like a big muff style where it rolls off the, okay. the highs or the lows doesn't really boost the mids it just kind of takes away like what is kind of making you're not happy with and then we added a boost on the back end of it so it's an because the original was like a fuzz face style where like 
you had to kind of dime it just to kind of really keep it around. Um, I mean, they had a little extra around Unity, but he had extra. But like nowadays, I think most guitar players, when they plug into a pedal, they expect Noon to be Unity and they should be able to get a little bit more. I I do, and I have definitely played a few pedals recently. Did did a couple of videos for some where I was like, "Wow, I've really got to crank this to get to Unity." Yeah. But but then also, it's the same thing. I warn people. My my favorite overdrive. I'm going to be super cheesy. My my favorite overdrive is still the King of Tone. I, I like it it's above great. all others. But at the same time, when people try it, I tell them the same thing. I'm like, you need to not be afraid to crank those knobs a little bit. Noon is not going to give you what you think it's going to give you. Well, and that's this. So that's the same thing. Um, our Gladys pedal was built on a blues breaker because that was that's mm-hmm. what I when I first made those two. I used a blues breaker as like a a lighter drive, and I used like a like a modded Gus is like a modded DoD 250. That's like my my harder drive. So. Um, but the, one of the issues with blues breaker is just the way the circuit's built. There's not a lot of volume on tap. Like it, Unity yeah. is like three o'clock on on blues breakers. So we just released Gladys version two, and we added like two band mm-hmm. EQ. And one of the things we fixed was it has way more volume. So like when you do it now, like noon, depending on where you have the drive set, is going to be right around Unity, and it in. I still like version one. I still have version one on one of my boards, but like I understand it from a customer's if they're, you don't have me saying this conversation, then they're going to be like, well, is my broken? I really got to push it. I'm like, that's what a blues breaker is. And you, and right. Unless you're a connoisseur of that one style, you don't, you wouldn't, you shouldn't know that. Like that's an insane thing for to expect people to know, you know? So yeah. that that's, that was kind of like our big push this year was like, take some of the ones we had and kind of like just tighten it up and be like, all right, well the stone thrower wasn't really on brand and I wish it had more volume. So it becomes the pep rally and we add the volume. I like Gladys. I wish it had more volume, a little more tonal options. Version two corrects that. So that's kind of like where, and then now we kind of have more of a vision of like the school theme of what we're doing going forward, you know? Yeah, it's, it's definitely a fun theme. And Let's be honest, I, I've had this conversation with builders on the podcast before. At this point, if you want to if you want people to notice your pedal company, if you're gonna start a pedal company, you lunatic listeners, um, you you better have something that grabs people's attention and it can't always be what it sounds like. Because okay. you you've gotta have something that's gonna get people drawn in a little bit. I always tell people a story is really good. Like, don't get me wrong, the story around the stone thrower is really compelling, but I could also see where it gets really old. <laughs> it's a long story. story over and over again. Well, and I think one of the things we kind of figured out, like the snow day was so huge for us. And that was, I think, our fourth or fifth pedal we put out was mm-hmm. so my buddy, Steve, who like we've been playing in bands. He was in my first band. Like I played drums and he played guitar when we were like 14 or 15 or something. And he plays in the cover band with me. I play guitar. He plays bass now. He did all of our, like, t-shirts for the cover band. So when I started pedals, I'm like, hey, man, can you make a pedal with my dog on it? Like, I did a mock-up. Can you make, like, a not-bad version of this? And he did that. And then he's grown, like, as an artist. And he's, like, identified the brand. Where we're like, okay, we need to have a central image. We have to do this with the colors. We have to make it bright. Like, as much as I love an all black pedal with white font that says like heaviest metal you've ever heard. Like 
<laughs> yeah, but that's also not me. You know what I mean? So right. I'm like, I don't, this is like, all these pedals I think are my kind of sense of humor. It ties into teaching. It ties into just fun. And like, we put fun little Easter eggs um, on like the pep rally. If you look where there's a, so the, the image is like a football field and there's the, the crowd around it. Like the banner that's above the crowd. If you like look in super close, it says go Tigers. The school I work at, uh, our mascot is the Tigers. And oh, so like, okay. I, and our colors are gold and blue. And like, I have a guitar club that we started at our school. That's super cool. And the kids are into it. And like there, we a bunch of acoustic guitars got donated and we're playing. And I brought this all the stuff in to show them like, this is how we got the guitars. Like it had tied in with me doing pedals and all that. And I was like, so you guys have an Easter egg on this pedal. And it says, go tiger. Like, that's you guys. You're the guitar club. And they were like, that's so cool. It's like all these little like 12 <laughs> year olds are like, that's amazing. So I'm like, yeah, you guys get it now. So like, I like that we can work in like little cute things like that, you know? Yeah, no, that's super cool. And, and once again, story. And, and then on top of that, uh, I listened to some demos as we were prepping for uh, today's episode because uh, I've, I've I've not played these in person yet, so they sound really really great. Thank you. Uh, I, I also love uh, talking about the the snow day. I love a delay with two delays where you can dial them in. I I have another. I think the other one I have is the wave that does okay. that by Fox Pedal. Oh okay. There's two Fox, there's two pedals <laughs> with Fox in the title and I get them mixed up and I don't have my glasses on and it's on my shelf like, over that there. That blurry spot, and I can't that's read the it. one. Yeah, that blurry box yeah. over there. Well, um, it's discontinued now. They've, they've shut down operation of their pedals. They're just selling off whatever they've got in. I think it's Fox pedal. Now I need to know because uh, I've got listeners yelling at their screen right now. <laughs> smashing their uh, It is Fox pedal. There you go. It is Fox pedal, the wave. Um, yeah, the snow day delay, like, so, I had a delay pedal with a tap tempo, and I would just always do the thing of, like, we'd start the song, like, no, it's not totally right, and I find that, like, this is a me thing, you can get so obsessed with, is the tap tempo the correct tempo of the song, if you're not playing to a yep. click or whatever, and it's like, you're totally missing the whole point of playing guitar, because you're so worried, like, is that flashing light lining up with the snare drum? And it's like, no, I'm like, so really, I need a short delay... And I need a long delay, and I want to. And mm -hmm. I only want to eat up one power supply spot, so I built this. And when I was doing the prototypes, some friends, everybody's like, "Can I do both at once?" I'm like, "Well, no, it's one or the other." That's the point. They're like, "It should do both at once," and like everybody said that, and I'm like, "Well, now I got to redesign the whole thing to make it do both at once." <laughs> so the way I joke at like shows, I'm like, "Well, if the switch is down." It's your old man three knob delay, and you can set a slow time and a fast time. You can switch on the fly. If the switch is up, we call it blizzard mode because it's snow day yeah. and we live in Syracuse, New York. You can run <laughs> both of them at the same time, or you can flip it and it'll do them independently. So you get like the ping pong, like the da 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 da, -da and all the weird kind of stuff. So I'm like, if you want to be an old man, turn the switch down. If you want to get shoegazy and weird, turn it up, and then you can go get nuts. And I think I'd love it. Well, I think that feature. Especially now with like pedals are like a saturated market. Like there's a lot of different builders right now. And with like yeah. reverb, like you can find whatever you want. Um, my goal is like, I want a pedal that I release to like functionally work in a band setting. I should be able to bring it to a gig, plug it in. And I should know how to use it in, in the moment. 
but it should also be fun to play on its own. Like, if you have that Blizzard mode going and you're playing and you tilt a knob, like, a quarter turn or whatever, you're like, oh, it's totally different. Like, it's fun to play the pedal, but it's also a functional tool in a band setting. So that's like, and that's the same with, like, the science fair and all that stuff. Like, you could just get lost just turning knobs a little bit because the sounds are so different. You know what I mean? But you could also just find your setting, bring it to a gig, and you're like, I'm good. I got it. It. I'm a big believer, like I say believer, the way I use delay and tremolo while I'm at it, I could care less if they line up with the time of the song, unless there are times where maybe you've got a super choppy trim, for example. And yeah, that probably needs to start at the tempo of the song or, but you're going to drift where you're humans. Things drift. That's the way it works. I with delay, I don't want it to time with the song because then the point is not for all the repeats to be on the yeah. quarter notes or it's it's to give a vibe and a feel out of it. Uh, the I'm, I, before I say this, I need to. It's not the first delay pedal I ever owned. I think it was the second delay pedal I ever owned because the first pedal delay pedal I ever owned was a Boss DD five, um, forever ago, and. I did not click with the DD5. That's my favorite. That's all. my favorite one. It, it. I have a different opinion now because I understand yeah. things more than I did. But at the at the time, it was just it was so clean and so pristine, and it didn't work for what I was expecting out of it. Turns out, by the way, I just like tape delays. Yeah. That's <laughs> just who yeah. I am. I I like tape delays. I like literally the polar opposite of the digital <laughs> delay. Now, yeah, as, now it makes sense. As, yeah, as weird and glitchy and just moody. Um, and I mean moody in that it sets the mood and moody that the device itself is moody and the same settings may not sound the same yeah. from day to day. Um, apparently, that's what I like. Um, you won't be surprised. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I want to happy access. Okay, like, I run all, I run all my them. pedals on batteries because I don't know what they sound like when I click on them. <laughs> I like to be surprised. It's dangerous. <laughs> Uh, it's it, actually I, I have an opinion on the whole battery thing and pedals. Um, we'll come back. To, a lot of hot takes. Um, oh man, it'll make people angry. Um, but uh, so the second delay pedal I ever owned was the DLS Effects, which they're still around, which surprises me. Um, I still see their pedals occasionally. I used to have a reverb search up for them, but they did one that was called the Echo Tap. And they, they did these interesting enclosures. They still do. They're sort of angled, sort of like Thorpey effects, but they don't have like the outer edges okay. like Thorpey's do. Um, I'm trying to think of another. I don't think anybody else uses the enclosure they use. Okay. So, um, but I, I found this, I think I bought it off a guy on like the Seymour Duncan forums in like the early 2000s, right? So, but it had, it had a two settings for, for, delay settings just like that you could set two different times right but one of them was set by the tap so you had a oh, tap that's cool okay and you set it by a tap and then you could swap between them um i may be i may be misremembering this a little but i think this is something like how it goes and the other one is set by a knob but the knob is not a continuous variable resistor potential oh, so it's like it's a notch the, the lo- oh, okay so yeah, it was notch. So it had exact times at notch. So if you're like, there was no way oh, like a rotary you could set switch that knob at the time of your, yeah, yeah okay. like a rotary switch that was notched. And 
So it was like, in fact, I'm going to pull it up just so I can see, because <laughs> I'm sure they still make it or a variation of it. Uh, worst case scenario, the internet never forgets things. So no, I get that, but yeah, it's, the, it's weird. There it is. The echo tap. So yeah, it had uh, a knob in the center that you could set it for 50 milliseconds, a hundred, yeah. 150, 200, 225, 250, 280, 300. That 280 is really throwing me off. 350, 400, all the way up to three seconds. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so, and you could set individual volumes for each, whether it was the tap or the echo. They called it the echo one delay time. And then the tap is, te- I guess, technically an echo two. Um, I'm getting so like you could switch stressed between out them. just thinking like, yeah, I know how you would do that. And as you keep listing stuff, I'm like, Wow, that'd be a pain in the ass to figure out how to do. Yeah. Like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to build that. And for the record, it's still available. I'm looking at the website that I pulled up is Rudy's Music in New York. Yeah. They're currently on sale for 168. Oh, that's that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. But I loved that delay because it was like the first one where I had the two. Yeah. Now you can't do them simultaneously, but you had these two settings in one pedal. So, like you talked about. I used the middle knob to set like the perfect slap back yeah. delay because because I could set it at the exact time That's what I, do. I wanted. Yeah. yeah. And then use the the tap to do my longer delays. Yeah, I'll just mine I use like for like the, the 90s cover band when we do like uh like fastball the way. You need that like slap back for the solo. <laughs> like you just set one for that. I'm like the blue lights for that song, and then the yellow light, I'm like, I put it at like eleven o'clock. That's my standard, like blah 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 blah. Eh, it's fine. I just need to that. I just need a little something to make solos be a little fatter. It's fine. And I'm like... Everyone needs to play in a 90s cover band, by dude. the way. I think that's 100% true. I mean, it's not that hard. You go for it. No. <laughs> and that's we, a- we used to play uh, We used to play Meet Virginia mm-hmm. by Train, which might actually be early 2000s and not 90s, but either way. Well, we got real. I don't know um, that one, but we, there's so many that we got real good at. People are like, you should play Stacy's Mom. We're like, 2001, man. Not happening. It's not in our decade, yeah, the, dude. And everyone's like, what, do you do like 80s Joe? Like, exactly. But we're like, and then the other, you, you get to so many good ones where people are like, why didn't you play whatever? I'm like, listen, I just compressed 10 years into three hours. Not everything makes the cut. I'm sorry. And, and the people expect you to be human, a human jukebox. Yeah. And I'm like, and, and sometimes I just look at them and I'm say, hey, we don't rehearse. Yeah. I just need you to understand that we we all have day jobs. We don't rehearse. We get together and like individually try to learn songs and then hope it goes well. Or or the one of uh, I'll give you twenty bucks if you play the song. And yeah. I'm like I will gladly take your money and I will try my hardest, but neither of us will be happy with the outcome. Like it's I don't know the song. It's not going to happen. And, th- and yeah. these other three guys, I, I, someone get they it. don't even know it either. Someone gave me a hundred bucks to play Black Velvet once, the Atlanta <laughs> oh, Miles yeah, song. Yeah. I'm like, I give me a couple of minutes because yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to turn down a hundred yeah. bucks, right? You're so torn. So I'm like, okay, let me see what I can remember from singing along to it on the radio. Yeah, <laughs> and we made it work. Yeah. And they 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 were pretty happy with our version, but I'm like, it was not oh, the yeah. recording. It was not the song. It got you the hundred bucks. It got it got us the hundred bucks, but. But I, I, it's funny, we would play these night, these, no, sorry, now I'm saying it. We'd play these cover band gigs, and we'd do, like, some of the big anthemic songs. Like, you know, of course we did. I, we had, a, we had a, a great singer that she just had this really big range, so she could do all, like, the, 
we would do journey don't stop mm. believing because you're supposed to yeah, and she because you have yeah, and she hits contract. those notes and kills it yeah it's in the contract it really is um but we would do meet virginia and like so we were doing all these anthemic songs and then we get to meet virginia and there's this really silly like minimal like part in between the verses that's just like don't don't mm-hmm. it's like three notes yeah. right one of the biggest cheers from the crowds was when play those three notes in this little break between i'm like so really? weird really? yeah or we would play Toxic by Britney Spears and people hear that. Yep. They'd love that. So I was like, <laughs> in my original band, those guys have all been pushing like, because they know that like the 90s bands have been playing for a while and they're like, we should do a 2000s. And our other guitar player, anytime it comes up, I'm like, I don't want to do that. He'll just like, <laughs> like, that's his go to. He's like, I, I mean, come on, we got it. Let's do it. I'm like, no. It's just, it's such a fun uh, song to play. I'm, I'm not going to, I'm no bones, no bones about it. It's a fun I'm song sure to play. <laughs> yeah. I have no desire to <laughs> learn no. it. It's, it's like four chords, just like every other pop yeah, song totally, on the planet. Right. But, it's fine. Also, it's got that really great surf guitar solo section. Oh, it's like this heavy tremolo surf guitar <laughs> moment. Okay. Oh, it's so it's it, go back and listen to it. You can I, fast forward straight to the guitar solo, but I will say, it's fun. The cover band has been super helpful with the pedal company because when you play gigs oh, yeah. every weekend and you're like, I have this new prototype for this new Big Muff variant, whatever, I'm like, I'm going to try it. And then you you quickly yeah. learn like, oh, it works for this, doesn't work for that. Oh, it works kind of here. This is different. I can adjust. And you're like, I know what I got to fix on Monday. And it makes it. Or, oh, this is surprisingly susceptible to neon yeah, light you interference. Get to, and it's great because you, you can try stuff at your house, but like you're obviously trying it on the same wiring with the same amps in an isolated setting. And you're like, you know how to make your stuff sound good at your house. That's why you live there. And that's why you bought that. But like when you're going, you're like, all right, we're playing this like dumpy club and the wiring is probably not going to pass code. Let's see what happens when I plug in a fuzz pedal. And you're like, Hmm, we should probably account for that. Yeah. This is a conversation I have actually literally had, Earlier today in a in a Facebook chat group uh, with some some other podcasters, we were talking about um, the modeling world because uh, uh, actually I was talking to, to Matt from the Guitar Dads podcast. He just bought this really great amp. He bought an Amplified Nation something or other. I can never remember all Amplified Nation's models, but he, he bought this really beautiful amplifier. Um, you know, finally settled into what I call an end game <laughs> amplifier. Like you don't actually get better from here. You just get different. Yeah. Um, and, but he doesn't gig it. He plays in a cover band and they, they gig pretty regularly and, but he, he's not going to gig it cause they're all on in ears and they're all using, he's using an HX stomp, which don't no no shade. Yeah. I gigged a helix for a while, but when I tell people about this, I'm like, I need you to understand that the, caliber of clubs you're playing and what i've been playing as a blues musician yeah. are very very different places uh, i don't play places where i trust the wiring the pa or the sound guy enough to go direct yeah it's well and it's weird i know i'm sure this is an isolated thing and like there i've talked to different players who are like describing what they need and like what they want and i'm and i'm like you want a Kemper. 
you want a helix for for what you're saying and what you're requiring for your setup and your band whatever like yes that is the solution to your problem for me personally like i love hearing my amp pushing air behind me with the drums i i just really just want vocals through the monitor but i like having if there's too much guitar in the monitor i just feel really weird hearing it from the front so i'm used to hearing mm-hmm. it behind me you know and like I'll, I'll get timid if it's, it's weird. if it's too much coming at me from two angles. Yeah. I'll get timid about my playing because it's assaulting. Yeah, me. it's and it's just very strange. And so, but we did a gig where there was at like a casino, and there was an '80s band playing, and then we did our '90s thing, right? And the '80s band was all uh, like Kemper, all modeling stuff, right? And then they had sure. key- keyboards, they had electronic drums, and even the drums were like samples. So every song, the snare drum sounded just like the real one, right? I hate so, it. I hate this. So I was like, I understand what they're doing. It's not for me, but I get it. And I was like, we're at the bar having a full voice conversation, and this is fine, because the sound guy kept them at such a reasonable volume. And mm-hmm. I was like, well, that's weird. And uh, when our drummer walked in like with his cymbal bag, somebody was like, oh, are you guys actually going to play tonight? And I was like, oh, they think they're lip syncing. Like, because you don't feel the, the kick drum. You don't feel yeah. the air. And I was like. You don't, you don't see amps on stage. Yeah. And like, so. well, you, you just didn't even feel it. Like, it was so weird because like, and they were great. They sounded just like the record, like almost to a fault. But I'm like, oh, just have a DJ. And like, I could see like they were trying. They were doing their thing. It was great. They sounded good. They were a good band. But you just didn't feel it. You didn't, just that little bit of like. The subs were going, but it just wasn't the same as hearing a real kick drum. Because as soon as we yeah. set up and we were like, all right, we're going to play. And then we'd like hit the first note and just like, let your like Vox ring out with a chord. Suddenly people were like, oh, and I'm like, weird. And I'm like, I don't know. And, and again, modeling is perfect for a lot of gigs. I know a lot of yes. dudes who play like in churches where it's like, we have to, that's the room. That's what we got to do. And I'm like, I get it. That's totally cool. I understand, but I, just hearing the the two different like in that kind of like setting, I'm like, oh yeah. If you're like so close to the record that it's like, what are you doing? Also, it's really interesting that whole with when he walks in with symbols and says, "Oh, you're gonna play tonight." Like everybody's like, "Oh, the audience can't tell the tell the difference." Yeah, they can. You're you're right. They can't, and when they don't see you playing things on stage, they think you're faking yeah. it. And it was, but, it was very strange to see. Because I remember being like, thinking, I'm like, oh, they're like an 80s band. And they were doing all the hits. Like, all the 80s. And I was like, they should have this room just like, just dancing and going crazy. And, and I'm moving. like, there were some. But I'm like, and we started playing like our stuff. And I was like, oh. And that's why I was like, it's going to be a light night where there's not a lot of dancing. I'm like, oh, these people are, not to like toot our own horn. Like, I don't want to come off like yeah. arrogant. Or whatever. But I was like, I just, I was shocked. And I'm like, oh, these people are like, they're feeling like the thump of the kick they're hearing the guitars yeah. there there's a lot going on you know and and it's important to say what we're talking about is not volume no necessarily it was, it's just like the frequency and like the vibration and the response of it because like yes on paper everything was coming through exactly correct but it just so i i do to put this in a player's perspective a little bit um uh I play in these bands. I'm not a big like 
you know, I know you musicians. I'm not a big like drugs guy or pot guy or anything like that. It's not a big part of my life, right? Not a thing. But the closest I think I've ever been to fully understanding the experience, the reason people go to these substances have been when I've been playing with a band, whether it's mine or another, and there's this moment on stage, and and this is a hard spot to get to. It's it's not it's not an every night thing. It's maybe not more than a couple of times a year, but like you're on stage, you're in the right spot, the volume's the right place, everybody's in the pocket, and you're playing, and it's this totally other experience. The way, oh, this is so hippy dippy, and I'm <laughs> so sorry, y'all, but there's this way that music and sound wraps around you physically. Mm-hmm that you're not getting with those other things. And when I tell people that I don't do the modeler thing because it doesn't motivate me to play, this is that other part of it. That's really hard to explain when you're on stage and you're playing in a band and it's not about volume. It's about this other experience, like, and you're wrapped up in it. And there's a weird, there's a weird thing. You just reminded me of that. I remember I had to be like a teenager had my PV band at 112 and like yeah. you're playing and you're standing directly in front of it. You're getting that laser beam of death frequency. Right. And as mm-hmm. soon as you take that step that you're like, you're standing like 45 degrees off center and you're like, Oh my God, this is the greatest guitar sound I've ever heard. And as you kind of walk mm-hmm. back and forth, you can hear the guitar sound kind of warble of like what it's the same sound, but it, where you're yeah. standing is like, oh, this is different. And like, that's to the audience too. When you're playing real amps and like, especially those small gigs where everything's not mic'd up, you're just using stage volume as the, the majority of my, yeah, gigs. that's what I do. Like when that, when the band or when the audience is like, goes to the bar, it sounds different than when they're standing at their table or when they're standing up front, or they're standing back and you're like, oh, this is, it's just a different experience versus like, I'm modeling a 57 that's sitting right here and not moving for the entire, like, it's such a subtle thing that you're like, I'm sure someone's going to argue and be like, it doesn't make a difference, but, and they are welcome to that. And opinion. that's fine. Maybe but, it doesn't, maybe I'm crazy, but if this is what crazy is, it sounds really cool. <laughs> right. Exactly. I'm into it. it. Well, here's the deal. And I tell everybody this, uh, Mick over at that pedal show says this all the time. It's all in your head anyway. Yeah. Literally everything we experience is in our head. So it's telling us that it's in our head the way it sounds. It doesn't really sound like that. Well, if it's in my head, yeah, that's, that's how it sounds to me. Uh, and and that whole standing in the right spot, like for example, I have this amp directly sure. behind me, and that man that that cabinet's got a fifteen inch speaker, and it is pointed directly at me. Yeah. And I challenge anyone who wants to tell me that fifteen inch speakers are too dark. Because right here where I'm sitting, that thing just punches me in the back of the head with upper mids and high yeah. end. And But if I stand up and I'm up above it or I'm to the side of it, it just fills out and becomes this absolutely perfect sound. The whole thing I've, I've and, told every guitar student I've ever had or anybody I've been in a band with, if you have a combo amp, buy a chair or an amp stand. Like, do mm-hmm. not put your combo amp on the floor. Because your knees are going to think it sounds amazing. And (laughs) everybody who's standing 30 feet away from you Mm -hmm. is going to be deaf because you're going to crank that. Mm -hmm. So you hear Mike, but if you put it up in the air, you're going to hear it at ear level. So you'll, your volume will be way better, but also like you're going to get that 
sound. You're going to be able to like move back and forth and find the sweet spot and be like, Ooh, this is great. And like, you can dial it in so much more. Like just put it on a chair lift it up, and like, that's why I, I always take a plexiglass shield. I take my own, uh, you know, shield of shame or barrier <laughs> of shame to every gig, just in case I need yeah. it. Sometimes I do. Sometimes I don't, I, you know, uh, so when we started playing more and more gigs, so I, I went through my, my half stack phase where I was hauling around a JCM 900 and a 1964 12. Cause we're, we were a punk rock band. Weren't they great days? Was, don't you miss that a little? I was talking to someone today. I'm like, I don't know when the last time I took that 412 out of my garage was. <laughs> I I don't even remember when. And it's not even like, oh, pre-COVID. Like, it was pre-pre-COVID. I don't even know when the last time I took it out. But I'm like... It was pre-gray hair. Yeah, it totally, was like, yeah. B- yeah, before I had any of those. And I was like, but I've been using uh, a Vox AC15. I, I love it. And there was so many times where I'm like, I should probably get an AC30. And every time I go to the store and pick one up, I'm like, I don't need an AC30. Because I, I have a road case that I keep the AC15 in that I've just had forever. Mm-hmm. And that doubles as my amp stand. Just put on top of the road case. It's the perfect height. It's right there. And um, But I, I realized years ago, I'm like, any gig that you're playing where you just crank it, AC15 is going to do it. You will have the volume you yep. need. If you don't have the volume you need, they're going to mic it. And like I've been doing that for so long. And the only time it's ever like come back to bite me is if we go play somewhere and they're like, you know, you guys are outside tonight, right? And like, oh, well, we didn't bring, we just brought our normal PA system to play in the bar. And they're like, oh, I guess we got to push it tonight, guys. And like, you'll get through it. It's not ideal. Yeah. But you'll get through it. Um, yeah. I find in those situations, the thing that gets hurt the most actually ends up being the vocals. Yeah. Uh, that's, you just hard time getting the voices. Up. And we've had people be like, how come you guys aren't? projecting out their time like well because we thought we were playing in a tiny room so we brought 15 watt amps our drummer brought a birch drum kit that's super quiet like our our bass rig is only like 250 watts like it's nothing crazy and i'm like this wasn't the environment we were told i mean we'll do it and we'll get through the night but like in it other than that situation you're fine like we've played big festivals and like the band before us has full stacks and we're like all right well you will be loading that out for the like our entire set. Here's my AC15. Throw the right. throw your 57 on it. Which good. which is a very loud amplifier. Yeah. People people have come to believe that 15 watts isn't loud, yeah. and you're just wrong. And the other thing is like they're affordable. <laughs> yeah. I oh yeah. Have... I I saw one cell literally today or yesterday used. For like $325. I, I bought one years ago off somebody off Craigslist. And I got it that day. And I threw it in the trailer. And we were like going on tour that that afternoon to leave. And I'm like, well, I'm going to bring this as a backup. Because I got room and it's super cheap. And I had a buddy like mod it. And I don't know what he did. He just said like, this is before I knew like anything about electronics. He was like, I put it to 60 specs. I'm like, I don't know what that means. All I know is the best sounding AC-15 I've ever heard. Like gotcha. the bass and treble knobs just cover such a wider frequency than like stock ones and just sounds better. And other people who have AC-15s will play and be like, what, what is it? I'm like, I don't know, but it's magical and I love it. But again, living in the Northeast in the wintertime, when it's in a road case, I have like stairs down the side of my house. They're just covered in ice. And yeah. so I was like, you know what? They're cheap enough. I'm going to just buy a second one and leave it in my car. 
so I don't have to like an AC 15 <laughs> is cheaper than back surgery. So 100%. And I'm like, and if it ever dies, it's not that crazy expensive. It's not like I was like, Oh, I got like a bad cat or like something that's like some boutique hand wired. I'm like, yeah, I don't have a match list. Yeah, in my exactly. Car. Right. And I'm like, all right, so it's a Vox AC 15. It, it, it's fine. It's consistent. And I love it. And like, I've used it for so long that it's like, Hey, it's a little like, tinny in here i'm like oh doo, doo, doo. It's twisting. I, was like, I got it we're good yeah well before we get here to the end of this episode i do because i teased it i need to talk about the battery thing <laughs> i'm just gonna give my my hot take and it's a it's a tempered hot take um so i'm sitting here looking at the, all the pedals sitting on my desk right now i've got a bunch of them right now. And I'm not going to pick them all up because I'm, I'm working on demos of some of them way behind on and demos that I've, I've promised just because summer in libraries gets insane. Uh, and then end of fiscal year, it's, it's a whole thing. But my deal with batteries is my, for a lot of gigs, um, especially the, the blues gigs, I'll show up with a combo or maybe a head and cab either way, you know, whatever a guitar. And I'll just bring a single pedal and just one pedal on the floor. Um, and now, and, and y'all, I, I too am in a bit of an, an environmentalist and I care about the environment and taking care and like lit, lit, batteries are bad, yeah. but of all the pedals on my desk right now, which are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Yeah, there's something under there. Nine, ten, eleven pedals on my desk. One of them takes a battery. Yeah, a lot of the newer ones just don't like mine. Don't take batteries. They just yeah, and and that's that's something that sometimes frustrates me because I'm like I just want to put a you know an energizer yeah. in this pedal and grab it and put it in my gig bag and not worry about taking a power supply or any of that junk and just be able to plug in and go and uh sorry yeah so it's a no it's fine it's a small rant like i said it's a baby rant it's so it, the majority of players are using pedal boards now yeah. I, I i literally have a pack of batteries here sitting on my desk too because i have like to have backups i've had that where we you would have band practice as a kid and you let's go get lunch and you come back someone left their ds1 plugged in on a bed you're like well band practice is over we don't have distortion mm-hmm. anymore or if you're a big wah pedal freak yep. like I I was, like I never remembered to unplug yeah. my wah pedal. Never. I'm scarred by by that, so I'm like, don't even give them the option of batteries. <laughs> I've learned. Yeah, no, I, I gig I dig that. So, Mark, before we head over to Patreon, and I ask you the hard hitting questions over there, uh, listeners, they're not that hard hitting, but it is a lot of fun. Uh, I think we have a lot of fun. Um, discussing uh some more music related a little less gear related stuff uh tell listeners everywhere they can find you um and anything you got coming up that's going on that's going to be fun so uh our website summerschoolelectronics.com uh same handle on facebook and instagram and uh on youtube uh and threads that's a thing too uh oh yeah yeah i need to pay attention to my threads again i (laughs) haven't Uh, somebody mentioned it today. I'm like, oh yeah, I have one of those. So I think I, I posted something today. But um, yeah, if you want, you got any questions? You want to talk pedals? Instagram's probably the easiest way to reach out to get at me, or just shoot me an email, Mark at summerschoolelectronics.com. Um, what do we get going on? We just put out Gladys version two. Uh, by the 
time this is airing will be in October, and our Halloween pedal will be out. And Oh, I can show it to the viewers. I got one right here. So the yeah. Science Fair is our most popular pedal, the Rat and Tube Screamer in parallel right there. So yeah. starting October 1st, we did a limited of 31 Science Fears. And oh. so it's the same circuit, but limited artwork yeah. of uh, the lab rat drinking out of the test tube screamer, out of the test tube. And I love 31. That's, that's so perfect la- for, for October. Yeah, last year we did, this, instead of the snow day delay, we did the spooky day delay. And we did 13 of them. And uh, my wife made a bet with me where she's like, I bet you can sell 31 of them this year. I'm like, she's like, you're bigger than us. You can do it. She's like, and I was like, ah, trying to decide 13 or 31. And she's like, if you sell all 31, you got to take me out to dinner. If you don't sell, I'll take you out. So we have a bet going. So oh, you nice. want my wife to win the bet. Those are available exclusively uh, at our at our online shop. So Perfect. Um, well, also, I think you hinted, be looking out. Uh, you may have something else coming out in November. Around Black Friday. We got, we got something in the works. And uh, yeah. I have a theory Black Friday is going to be a big deal this year. <laughs> Probably. I just... Yeah, I have a feeling there's going to be a lot of things going on, so y'all are going to want to be paying attention. All of the links that Mark just described are down below. Uh, I, I'll try to get all the social medias, but I'll definitely get the Instagram in there so you can find them easily, and the website. Um, but uh, other than that, uh, there may be some more links. We'll see how I feel my ADHD brain in the middle of the night as I write the the notes. Because uh, we're recording pretty well in advance of when this episode's going out. I still guarantee I won't do the notes for this episode until the night before it's going to go live because that's just who I am as a human being. I, I can already feel so many of you resonating I with that. I feel like I'm amongst <laughs> friends. That's totally, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I'm the same. Every, we're, every, we're, we're all that kid. We're all that kid who did the paper the night before. Every doing. night before a release, I'm like, we have everything set. Tomorrow's going to go so great. And then I wake up at two of them. I'm like, you didn't do that one thing. I'm like, oh no. <laughs> yeah, I do the same thing. Love it. Awesome. Well, we're going to go over to the Patreon episode. Uh, Mark, thanks for coming Thank on. You for I, really having appreciate me. I appreciate it. it. Yeah, it's been good. It's been a, a lot of fun. We talked about a lot of things. We said some things are going to make people angry. That's always fun. And that makes great pos- podcasting when someone comes away angry. I love the angry messages I get. Some- Actually, y'all, I don't get that many angry messages. <laughs> I'll send you uh, some. But no, awesome. Yeah. Just, you know, whatever your anger is, you know, uh, Subway got your order wrong this time. <laughs> it just rant me. Then I'll talk about the fact that you're still going to Subway in 2023. Um, <laughs> actually i literally had subway twice this week (laughs) (laughs) anyway y'all it's been great it's been fun thanks for watching thanks for listening remember to click subscribe follow bell icon leave a comment i don't care what the comment is just make it i don't know pg-13 let's keep it there um write a review if you could if you're on apple music or or apple Podcasts, or if you're on uh spotify it really helps uh, a lot um, remember to go over to Patreon if you want to help financially. That's great. That helps me a ton. Uh, Patreon.com slash 40 Watt Podcast. Uh, in the meantime, y'all remember, be good to yourselves, be kind to each other, and make some noise. This episode is brought to you by the supporters of 40 Watt Podcast over on Patreon. 
Go over to patreon.com slash 40 watt podcast, where for as little as $3 per month, you can help support the podcast and get every episode ad free. For $5 a month, you'll get every episode ad free as well as a bonus episode every week. I can't overstate how thankful I am for the support of my patrons and hope you'll consider joining the team and helping keep this show on the road.